While we remain standing, turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Mark, Matthew, Mark, second book in the New Testament. Mark chapter number 11. Mark chapter number 11, once you've located that, locate verse number 20, and we'll begin our reading there. I'll read out loud if you'll read along with me silently, as is our custom here at the Anchor Baptist Church. I would appreciate that. We'll begin at Mark chapter number 11 and verse number 20. You follow along with me, would you please? Verse number 20. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree uh, dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto him, Have faith in God, period. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, most people stop right there thinking that's the promise. It is. All promises are conditional. All promises in the Bible are conditional. Watch what he says. Therefore, see that? Therefore, when you see therefore, you need to find out what it's there for. Okay? Seriously. All right? Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when you pray, Believe that ye receive them, and, be, and ye shall have them, and, conjunction, when ye stand praying, forget. Oh, now we've got a problem. If ye have aught against any, that your Father, which also is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses, but, see, all this fits together. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Our text verse, verse number 25. For when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father, capital F, Father in heaven, also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Father, thank you for the Bible. ask you to please bless us tonight. Have your way in our hearts and all that we say and give ourselves to you tonight. Guide our minds, our feelings, our emotions, everything towards you and truth. Thank you for the Bible. Let me help your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want you to notice verse number 25. Verse number 25. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought. Uh, ought against anybody. The word ought now, when you read this, says... Forgive if you have if you have ought against anybody. Ought doesn't just mean vicious. Anybody would agree with you. It's not right, and uh, that's not all he's talking about. But a lot of the things that we tend to overlook in any respect to any degree, you should forgive. This is the point he's making. Not just outlandish. Uh, oh, I was crucified, and Father, forgive them. That too, but also. Uh, when somebody just crosses you through the day and says something they shouldn't say. That too. The words in uh, verse 25 are preceded, that means comes before, immediately with the great prayer promise. Here it is in verse 24. Look at verse 24. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. 
And the words before them in verse 22, the second part of verse 22, have faith in God. So he's simply saying, you want something from me, you come and ask. But remember, there are conditions. Here's the conditions. Down at, we, we come to find out, he said, have faith in God. So he said, whatsoever, when you come to me to pray, whatsoever you ask for, it's yours. Have faith. Then in verse 22, in verse 22b, it says, have faith in God. So it's teaching us that all prayer has to do with our relationship with God. He's not a magician. He's not in a bottle. He doesn't every time you rub the Bible lamp, he comes out and performs for you, then goes back till you need him again. There's no Bible for that kind of stuff. So now in verse 25, it reminds us that our relationship with men must also be right. My relationship with God must be right, but my relationship with men must also be right. Okay, now here's where we begin to divide things. Love to God and love to our neighbor is inseparable. Love to God and love to our neighbor are inseparable. Can I say it again? Love to God and love to our neighbor are inseparable. They are one, if you would, in the same. The prayers from a heart that is either not right with God nor right with man, with our neighbor, neither one of those will prevail. I cannot get right with my neighbor unless I'm right with God, and I'm not right with God unless I'm right with my neighbor. They go hand in hand. One will not prevail if the other one is not what it should be. Are we listening? So now think about when we go to the Lord in prayer. Over and over again, Jesus reiterates this truth. So this isn't something I'm just pulling out of one place in the Bible. Turn to Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5. Anything in the Bible that's a true principle, you'll see normally it is reiterated more than once or twice. All right? Uh, Everything in your life should be based upon truth or principle. And that principle should be based upon truth of the Bible. If it is, then you're okay. If it's not, then something is wrong with your principle that you keep saying is good. Matthew chapter 5, go down to verse number 23. Verse 23. Therefore, if you bring thy gift to the altar, and there remember that thy brother hath ought against you. Now, there's our word ought again. So, in other words, to, to any length. It doesn't make any how severe it is or how less it is. If you come to the altar to have prayer, and all of a sudden in your mind, the Holy Ghost of God said, uh, you're not getting along with Jordan the way you should. Well, I'll get it right after I pray. Watch what the Bible says in verse number 24. Leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, speaking of Jordan in particular, and then come and offer thy gift. You're coming to God to ask him to forgive. You're coming to God to offer up praise to him. You're coming to God to get on the same page with God. And God said, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before you do this, if you have ought or if somebody has ought against you, either way, if you know about it, this is the tough part. What if I go and they don't? I'm sorry, that's not even mentioned in here. What the outcome of that is, is not what's important. What God wants to know is, will you mind me because I've asked you to do this? So we find out here, even when we come to God, before we come to God in prayer, God said, look, you're not right with me because there's a brother that has ought against you or you have ought against your brother. 
Now, you go make that right, then you come back and talk to me, and I'll be able to answer your prayer. We're, we're, we're talking about answers to prayer. And one of the biggest hindrances to the answer to prayer is this thing about not forgiving. So we go to Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, verse 5, 23 through 24, the Sermon on the Mount. And here's what's happening. He teaches his disciples how impossible acceptable true worship prayer is when everything is not right between God and man. He just says, stop. Stop your praying. Stop your praying. By the way, the same thing is true about a husband and wife. You want to slam on the brakes to God listening to your prayer? Yeah, just you and your wife stay at it forever. And God said, look, that's why he said don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. You get it straightened out today. Why? Because they're going to do more harm. So we find out here, if everything is not right with the brethren, there's no sense you praying because God said, stop right there. Because I am going to answer your prayer the same way that you're responding to them. Whether they ask or not, whether they have ought against you or you have ought against somebody else. Coming or going, God said, now you're coming to me and wanting me to what? Forgive you, to bless you, to be with you, to honor you, to do these things for you. And you have a brother. You went to the altar. Oh, God, my whole life is all about God. Stop, 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 stop. Now, I appreciate you wanting to come to me, but you just leave that right there because that still needs to be handled. But first of all, you go make things right. You want to know how splits start in church? Right there. Okay? So go to Matthew chapter number 6. In Matthew chapter number 6, after Jesus was teaching them how to pray, look at verse number 12. Chapter 6, verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You see the word as, just like, in the same way, right? To the same length, to the same depth, to the same meaning. And God said, I'll tell you what I'll do. You remember the whole thing about sowing and reaping? God said, that's what you sow, this is what you reap. Oh, no, but I really love you. We'll talk about that in a second here. So in verse number 12, he said, and, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But look at verse number 15. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither, this, 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 is, this it hurts, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. The condition is your relationship with other people, especially in this area of forgiveness, I'm going to go to God because I need forgiveness. I need his help. And God said, uh, tell you what I'll do. Oh, you, you drew the line with them. I'm drawing the line there too. Oh, you don't think you need to do that? Then I'm not going to either. That's not fair. That's not fair. The way you treat others, God treats you that. That's not fair. You mean, let me get it straight. Somebody needs your forgiveness. By the way, you do not use forgiveness as a weapon. Where do I get that from? Jesus doesn't use his forgiveness towards you as a weapon. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. He doesn't do that. He treats you more than fair with a lot of mercy. He said, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, he makes it very clear, I am not going to forgive you of your trespasses. And let's just admit it, we need that every day, all day long, constantly all the time. So God is putting a condition and it all has to do with what you want to do. You cannot separate the way you treat men and the way you go before God. As close as, as uh, go to uh, Matthew chapter 18. At the close of the parable, you know this story of the unmerciful uh, servant. It concludes, look at verse, chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse number 35. 
You know this whole story, right? His master calls him in, and the guy makes a plea that's impossible. Look, you give me time, I'll pay it. There's no way he could pay this debt. No way. Impossible. And his master said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just write it off. I'll take everything you owe, and I'll just write it off. And the guy said, oh, that's wonderful. The Bible says in that story, he goes right out and finds somebody that owes him a nickel, if you would. And he said, I want that nickel today. And he said, he makes the same exact plea that the first servant went to his master and said, if you'll forgive me and give me time, I will make this right. He forgave him. He goes right out, and the guy says almost identical the same thing. If you'll give me time, I'll pay you back. And the Bible said he grabbed him by the throat. You see, there are two Bibles, aren't there? There's one for everybody else, and there's one for you. You and your family and your situation. No, there's not. There's one Bible, right? And so what happens is he grabs him by the throat. Well, somebody found out about it. They go back to the master. You ready? They go back to the father and say, I thought they were Christians. Didn't You said God forgave you, right? Look at verse 35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your heart... See, see, there's another condition there. All right, then I forgive you. How's that? God said, no, sorry. God didn't say, all right, I forgive the whole world. No, he put his whole heart into it. Watch what it says. If ye from your heart forgive not... How many? Did God know what he was saying when he meant that? Does he realize that could mean, does he realize that means that person, that person, that situation? Yeah, yeah, he understood it all before he put it down. And he meant what he said. So what he's saying here is this, everyone his brother, their trespasses. They, they stepped over a bounds with you. They did something they were not supposed to do. They said something they were not supposed to say. All of that, and God said, you like it when I forgive you, don't you, because you need it. Oh, God, you're so good to me. And God said, that's what they would like. So I'll tell you what I'll do. You don't forgive men, I'm going to treat you the same way. I'm not going to forgive you. So these are the things. I want you to know that this is reiterated throughout the Bible. It's as though Christ, it's as though Christ, when spending time down here among men, it dawned on him, he already knew it if you would, that disobedience to the law of love, disobedience to the law of love towards others, is the great sin that even affects our prayer. We're going to God, and the way we treat others even affect this relationship here. God said that's how bad it is. That's why our prayers many times are so feeble and so weak and so faithless because we know before we even go to God things aren't right. We already know that. Well, I didn't know that. First of all, you have the Holy Spirit of God if you're saved. God in heaven knows everything, and he points it out to you because he wants you to get things right. Listen, nothing gives such liberty of access and such power before God and with God and with men and our consciences saying everything's okay. You want liberty to pray when everything here says everything's right, but I just need to go to God. There's nothing in this world that I need to make right, and I'm going to God. You talk about liberty. You talk about freedom and conscience that we have given ourselves in love to other people. We've made everything right with other people. There's nothing should hinder me from coming before the throne of God because God said the way you treat and forgive and act towards others, when you come to me, same way I'm going to act towards you. 
Now, we may think that's unfair, but God said, no, it's, it's very fair. If it's not fair, then why are you treating them that way? If it's fair that I forgive you just because you asked, is it not fair just because they asked? And by the way, if they don't and you know something's wrong, then you go give them forgiveness. That hurts, doesn't it? I know what you're thinking right now, things that have happened, right? I mean, still, you're going to go all the way back to your past, way, way back, and still say, I will never. So that's been eaten away uh, at you all these years. Uh, I don't even want to get into that. So here goes. So first of all, there's several lessons here. First of all, you need a forgiving disposition. You're not born with one. You're not born with a forgiving disposition. You are born with, well, I think this is fair. That's what we're born with. I never have agreed with that. That's what we're born with, okay? We pray. Here's what we pray. Now watch it very carefully before you start amening. We pray, forgive us even as we have forgiven. We go, well, yeah. See, I said don't do anything yet because I just set you up. Now, the scripture says what we say, forgive us even as we have forgiven. But the scripture says forgive one another even as God See, you may only go this far with forgiving. So God didn't say forgive as you've as you've, uh, you've forgiven as you forgive and so on and so on. No, what he's saying is this. I want you to go the distance I went. And you're thinking that's impossible. It's not impossible or he wouldn't have asked you. So here what we have here, the scripture teaches forgive one another even as God for Christ's sake forgave you. Did he forgive you of anything just for asking? You didn't even realize what all you were asking. God said, not a problem. I forgive you. You call on me. You're forgiven. Amen. He walks around with a bag of forgiveness just in case you want to come to him today. Amen. We don't. What do you mean when you did that? Well, why would you do that? Well, how many times are you going to keep it's this? Way we do, this way we deal with people about forgiveness. God doesn't do it that way. The Bible says forgive one another even as God for Christ's sake. The measure, the rule... The length which we, we, which we should go to our forgiveness towards others, if this doesn't make sense, I don't know what else to tell you, is the same length. Little love, little forgiveness. A lot of forgiveness, a lot of love. God said, look, when you do that to others, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of my son. It reminds me of my son, Jesus Christ, who while he was being crucified and somebody just stuck him in the side with a spear, and that's after they beat him half to death, said, Father, forgive them. You know, they didn't even ask. They didn't even ask. He just gave the forgiveness. He didn't say, you didn't say it quite right. If that's the case, I probably am not saved right now. Because evidently, when I asked for forgiveness, I didn't ask like most people do. You come to the altar and you, Hail Mary, full of, full of grace and save us from this awful place and all that kind of stuff. And you do all that kind of stuff, and you go like this, preacher, my, my college professor, when I told him what I did, he had such, such sadness in his voice. My, I think my wife was there, and he goes, Brother Bell, do you realize what you're saying? Because I told him, I said, I didn't know anything about these seven or nine fundamental things that you just told the whole class they needed to know and understand before they can get saved. I said, I'd still be lost. I was learning it in college. You don't need to know anything other than to come to Christ. A child can be saved. And the same thing with forgiveness. When you really want forgiveness, this makes sense. When you become self-justifying, you have a hard time swallowing this one. And it all has to do with when you go to the Lord in prayer. 
God said, now look, when you come to me for prayer, you're bringing a gift of repentance, a gift of praise, a, a gift of uh, talking with me. Okay, now you just leave that right there. There's nothing wrong with the gift. That's a good thing. But you have ought against somebody. Or somebody has ought against you. I'll tell you what you do. This is necessary. So you leave that right there, and we'll get back with this. But I want to know how you're going to treat other people that you live with before you come to me. So this is what we're talking about here. You need to stop and consider every prayer for our sins needing God's forgiveness rests upon our faith that God will forgive if we go to him, doesn't it? Well, why, do you, why do you go to God and ask him to forgive you? Because you honestly believe he said he would, right? And God said, good. That's what I told you. That's what I'll do. So God tells us when it comes to others, just do what I ask you to do. Or don't come to me because I can't forgive you. He's laid down the law. He's laid down the guidelines here. If God deals with us after our sins, not one prayer should be answered if he judges us according to our sins. God said, the Bible says, Lord, if thou shouldst mark iniquity, O Lord, who will stand? We all sin all the time. So quit. I'm not asking you to advertise. I'm not asking you to write it on the wall over here and say, well, here's what I've been doing lately. Please don't do that. I couldn't do that. You can't either. I don't care who you are. And so what happens is the Bible said if God, if God, did, if God wrote down iniquity and would not forgive, by the way, he won't until you ask him. God does not forget that you sinned. You said, boy, I forgot about that. He didn't. He can't. The only way sin is handled is through asking for forgiveness. And God said, leave that gift right here because you, I need that one. But now I know and you know, and when you pray, and right now it's coming to your remembrance. You know how I know that? Because the Holy Ghost of God wants you to be right with God. Amen. He also wants your prayers to be answered. Actually, he runs interference, if you would, and helps our prayers change to the will of God. And now he has a problem. So now what the Bible is simply talking about here is because God has pardoned all of our sin, our prayers now can be prevailed. So when I go and I get things right here, now I have confidence to come before God. Why? Because there's nothing stopping me now. And God said, if you forgive others, they're said, I'll forgive you. Good. The way is open now. I can come to God now. You remember when you were first saved? Now, some of you don't because you were saved in your mother's womb and you don't remember those days. Um... What, what happened was you were so tenderhearted. If somebody even suggested or you even thought, you know, I think I just hurt their feelings. Yeah. Now here's what we do. Oh, they have to grow up sometime. Yeah. Well, I was a baby and didn't understand then. Be best you stayed there than be mature and argue on why you don't have to forgive others. I just want you to understand, even if you have a good argument, God said, I can't answer your prayer. I can't answer your prayer because you did not answer their prayer. They needed your forgiveness. This is not speaking about salvation. Don't get that mixed up. But maintaining a proper relationship with the Father so that we can go to him and ask him to forgive. Come on, on a daily basis, we need forgiveness. And God said, you're exactly right. Now you come to, whoa, 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 tell you what I'll do. And you leave that gift right there. I want that. But you need to go make things right with other people whether they have ought against you or you have ought against somebody else. The deep, sure ground of answers to prayer is God's forgiving love. We know. Who knows the height and depth and width of God's love? How, how do you measure that? It's measureless and sure, right? 
And so God said, you come to me, don't you even worry about that. I've got more than enough ground for, for us to take care of that one right there. We'll bury that. We'll get rid of that. You come to me. I'll handle that. However, I will take that as far as you've taken theirs. You draw the line. I have to draw the line with you. Now, he's telling us this ahead of time. It's not like he snuck up on us and said, I'm not, I'm not answering your prayer. He didn't do that. He's telling us ahead of time what's hindering most Christians' prayer life is not. God's just not listening. God won't because we're not right with most people. God's forgiving disposition, God's characteristic in this area was revealed in his love toward us. Was it not? His love of forgiveness. I mean, come on, you didn't even know him. You weren't even sure of what all sins he was talking about, right? And yet he opened his arms and said, come on, I want to forgive you. Just ask and it's yours. God said, okay, you remember that? Good. Now do that with him. Just ask and it's yours. This is what God, and God, then God adds to that, if you don't, we're kind of dead in the water right now. I can't answer your prayer. And so this is what we're looking at right now. In other words, as the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, we forgive even as he forgives. So this whole thing about having the disposition of God, the problem is a love problem. We don't love God like we said we do. If you do, you do what God said to do. Does that make sense? Okay. Let me give you an example. The great purposeful injuries and injustices, I mean, those are bad ones, right? Those are bad, right? That's what we're talking about here. Done to us, even when honor, fellas, even when honor has been wounded, right? All you need is for your wife to go, yeah, and that guy told me, get, my sister walked in here today. <laughs> she couldn't understand why you went out and shook hands with that guy. She wanted you to punch him. And uh, she comes driving in here. Some guy's following her in here. And he said, get out of the car. I want to talk to you. Ladies, don't ever get out of the car and do that. You don't open the front door and some guy goes, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Don't open up the door. He's lying. You can't hear me? Might as well shut the door then. And, that's what you, and don't worry about it. Uh, and, and so what happens is, is simply, I forget where I was going with that story. Where was I going with that story? What? Yes. That's exactly right. If we're as right with God as we hopefully think people believe, if we have the love of God dwelling in us, would it not be easy? Because it's part of his disposition, part of his character is to forgive. So what are we struggling about? The love of God is not filling up our life what we're trying to tell people. If it was... He automatically forgives as soon as we come to him. So when we say, I'm sorry, preacher, I just can't. Now, I love the Lord, but I just can't. That's not true. That's not true. Sorry, you're heading in two different directions when that happens. Example, in everyday annoyances of life. Now, nobody in here has any of those. Nothing annoying. It's only the big, drastic things that we have to deal with. No, it's the little annoyances that normally get me. Great big things, I go, oh, boy, I hate this. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out as we go. Little things that get on my nerves so much, I just want to go around and, I used to say stab myself in an eye with a sharp stick. But I'm too big of a sissy to do that. 
So I'm going to stab you in the eye with a sharp stab. <laughs> Everyday annoyances of life. We are too hasty not to forgive. Quick tongues. People are always saying things maybe they shouldn't say. Is that right? Do we not know that? And then you take it right to heart. Well, they shouldn't have said that. It embarrassed me. Okay, go to the Lord. Ask him to forgive you. Oh, oh, oh. And God says, uh, things aren't right between you and the preacher, are they? Maybe one of Preacher, you got a minute? Yeah, come on in. I'm going, it's all according. What's this about? I don't do that. I do it on the phone. Mike has to handle all that, but I'm not going to. And so what happens here is simply this. Hot tempers. Can, can, is it possible to flare up on any given day? Here, shake your head. Yes, it certainly is, okay? Not everybody's as patient as I am. Now, but perhaps to the limit that we believe is fair, we, we'll go along with it. We, okay, I can see that. Yeah, okay, having a bad, yeah, okay. If we can justify it, if it makes kind of sense to us, we might even let it go. We should forgive the same as God does. Little things, big things, make any, any difference at all, okay? And so, the blood that cleanses the conscience from dead works cleanses us from selfishness also. Oh, it's about you. They hurt you. What do people think about you? Why'd they say that about you? You know something? If the love of God was shed abroad in your heart, like we tend to tell people it is, we should very easily be able to go like this. You know something? you're forgiven. Don't worry about it. We're going to be okay. Let's just go on from here. That's what should happen, right? Just like when you go to the Lord, right? right. He doesn't cross his arms, hold you at arm's length, hold up a stop sign. He doesn't do that. The only time he says that, even, even when you haven't forgiven, he said, look here, let me tell you what he's doing. You can come to me. He didn't stop you from coming to him. But he said, I can't forgive you because you didn't forgive them. So I'm glad you went to him so he can point it out. You should have gone and got things right. So, uh, number one, you need a forgiving disposition like your father's. Number two, our daily life, our daily life with others and our prayer with God cannot be separated. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. Our daily life with others, here, on the job, whatever the case may be, and our prayer life with God cannot be separated. But we really try this. Life cannot be set aside and we come to God with a mental state that we conjured up acting as though what has happened throughout the day has nothing to do with my prayer life. This happened today and I got mad at that guy and I'm not forgiving them and they can drop dead as far as I'm concerned. Oh God, God, I come to you today wanting you to bless my life. That can't be separated. You decided I'm going to set my daily life off to the side because I'm going to go before the Lord to have prayer. You cannot do that. Your life and coming to God in prayer are one and the same. You are taking all of you. You cannot mentally set it aside. You cannot conjure up some kind of feeling to make yourself feel better because I'm going to go to the Lord. And we try this. We try this. I'm going to go to the Lord. I just got through reading my Bible, and oh, the Lord's been so good. I'm trying to conjure up right feelings to come for God. Trouble is, God doesn't say anything about your feelings when you come to him. God talks about sin. God talks about forgiveness. God talks about, God talks about these things. 
So how you feel and whatever you make up in your head, well, you know, I'm sure God will understand. Besides that, in prayer, he'll forgive me no matter what. I'm sorry, that's not true. It's not that he doesn't want to. You won't let him. Because we will not go to God and say, God, I have to go make some things right like you told me. And God says, that's fine. Now, don't forget about this. You leave that right there because I want to hear about that. I want you to give that to me. Now, you go make things right and you come back. Whether you forgot it or not, it's still not right. And when preaching like this goes on, immediately the Holy Ghost of God goes, yeah, Mary, Bob, George. It's there, right? Now, forgiveness doesn't mean good. Let's go out to lunch together. That's not what that means. You know what it means because you've forgiven people properly before and what a relief that was and you just knew now God would answer your prayer. So you know that. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know that. So what happens here is simply this. Listen to me carefully. It is not a feeling drawn upon in prayer that God judges us by. Boy, these people really feel good about coming to me. God doesn't mention that. What God mentions is the reality that's going on in your brain, in your heart, and in your life. You know about it, and now that you've come to God, God has actually said, okay, stop, stop, stop. Leave your gift there. Now, you go make things right. God wants to meet with us, but he can't. God wants to be honest with us, but we're not being honest with him. He said, no, I really am. Your life and what went on today, you're getting ready to go to prayer tonight or early in the morning, you cannot separate that and act like it didn't happen, it's not there, and oh, God, I'm coming to you. And God said, whoa, stop. You ever had uh, your children, they, um, they've been bad all day. I hate to bring up bad memories. They've been bad all day long. And then right after dinner, can we have ice cream before we go to bed? They didn't say, I'm sorry. Even when you ask them, uh, what did you do today? Are you sorry for that? They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to tell you. They don't want to agree with you. And then they can't understand why they can't have ice cream. Because you told them ahead of time, if you do not tell me what you did today, there is no dessert after dinner. And they act like that commandment didn't work. And to most parents, it doesn't. You eventually give in, thus teaching the child, if they stiffen up against God, God will finally give in, like an old grandpa somewhere. No, he won't. He has to be true to his word. So your life cannot be set aside. You have to understand something. Our relationship is based upon the answers and, and will answer my prayer. My whole life comes, my whole life comes before everything that happened from the last time I got everything right with God. It, that's why we say keep short accounts with God. Sooner or later, somebody's going to have to pay that bill. I'm not talking about salvation now. Your sin's been handled. The way you live now has to do with God answering your prayer, blessing your life, all these other things. There are conditions to those. And so God is simply saying here now, failure here with my forgiveness to men is failure with God to get the forgiveness I need from him. It's not that God can't. God's not going to. Not him, us. God said, I'll tell you how to make this right. You leave that right there. I don't care who it is. Write them a note, drop them a line, text them something, and it better be from the heart. Just like God took you the day you got saved. And God didn't say, look at them, they really mean it. Look at their tears. God never even brought that up. God said, you come to me 
Your heart's in this. I forgive you. Yeah, but I didn't mention everything. God said, I know what you meant. I could tell by the way you approached me and how you talked with me. With the mouth, confession is made. With the heart, see, heart and mouth. So I'm coming to the Lord and I'm telling him one thing, but my life and my heart is saying something else. And God said, I'm sorry, I, I can't listen to you do that. It is not according to what I try to be when I'm praying. Lord, I, I get my mind all settled. I get in my closet. I kneel down. I begin to pray. And I start centering my mind upon positive things. Uh, what about the big negative thing that's sticking out there like a horn on a unicorn? What about, are those still around? Anyway, so what do you do about that? is not according to what I try to be when I'm going to prayer. It is what I am when I go to prayer. What am I? Okay, preacher doesn't know, so let's not tell him. You know you're not praying to me, right? Everybody knows that? You're going to God Almighty who knows you better than anybody else ever. Even things that you don't always believe. He'll point them out to you. You know why? Because he loves you. He's not being mean. He's saying, look, the only way we can get together and I can answer your prayer, you got to go give them forgiveness. Now, you just leave out right there and you go do what you're supposed to do. And don't come back to me acting like everything's fine. He is God Almighty for a reason. He knows what we're doing. When I come before God in prayer, I am bringing into his presence my whole life. Not just my thoughts, not just my feelings, not just my attitude. Not the attitude and feelings I choose to have. Isn't this way we go to prayer? Men's prayer night. Oh, I've got to get my attitude right. Oh, it's that time I need to get up in the morning and start praying again. I told God I would. And that very night before, you yelled and screamed at who? You told them you wish they were dead and went Where? And it wasn't heaven. And now you're going to come before God and just act like, oh, God, you know how much I love you guys. Whoa, time out. Stop, stop, stop. Did you hear the preacher on Thursday night tell you the condition of forgiveness? Well, I didn't quite understand that. You know the Holy Spirit of God lives inside you, right? He knows, and you know too. It is during the day that the love of the Father has not been demonstrated to others and now I'm going to take that attitude to the Father himself of that which I didn't demonstrate about him to others and come to him and hoping he's that way. Did that make sense? I am going to the Father in hopes that he will forgive me. Yet throughout the whole day, I did not demonstrate the love of God and his forgiveness to anybody that I should have. But now I'm hoping he's that way. I didn't demonstrate his love here. But I'm hoping he demonstrates that same love that I should have to me. This is the way I am dealt with and responded to with answers. and Now think about your prayer life. Think about your prayer life. Not your prayer time, your prayer life. Why do you suppose you're not being blessed maybe like you should be? Now just, just think it through. Now, don't make up something. Just think along with me here for a moment. Why do you suppose, maybe what would be a more real reason, why you don't feel or you, you really know, ah, 
Things aren't right between me and God. You never got forgiveness. I'm not talking about salvation, okay? God will save you in the middle of Egypt. But now we're talking about going out where God is and walking with him, spending time with him. Why do you suppose that is? Could it be? Could it be? I'm, I'm not demanding. I'm not saying it's the only thing. Could it be something that we overlook, pad, put a facade over? You know, it's like graves anymore. In America, you know what we do? We put artificial grass over dirt. We put flowers. We're trying to make death look like it's a beautiful thing. It's not. It's horrible. Why do you think nobody really wants to die? We even have the hope of heaven. We don't want to die. Right? The same thing here. We want, we want God to talk to us. We want God to answer us. We want God to be with us. And then we put up this big facade. We put up green grass like everything's fine. Plant artificial flowers like, oh, and things couldn't be better. And God said, you leave that right there. And the Holy Spirit of God, which lives in you and knows the word of God, wants to lead and guide in all ways of truth. And I just, I'm telling you some of this truth about prayer. Prayer specifically, God said, I can't bless you. I can't forgive you. You know why? Here's, here's the reason. You won't forgive them. Now, to me, that makes perfect sense. But for some reason, we fuss with this. So I need a forgiving disposition, as our Father has. Our daily life with others and our prayer with God cannot be separated. But we act like, well, yeah, I'm mad at them. But dear Lord, I could sure use you. Like nothing's wrong. And God said, nope, stop right there. Number three, in our life with men, in our life with men, the one thing on which everything depends, our life with men, and the one thing that everything depends is, you ready for this? The love of the Father. Not the love for the Father. But specifically, the love of the Father in us. The spirit of forgiveness is the spirit of love. If you don't love people, you can't forgive them. If you forgive people, no matter what, it is an expression of love. You can't get around that. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So God did this and forgave because God loved. They're one and the same. They go hand in hand together. It is, the, it is only when we are dwelling in his love can we forgive other people. You say, I can't. That's because God's love is not dwelling in you like maybe you think it is. If God's love was dwelling in you like many of us believe it is, why are we having such a hard time forgiving people? Sometimes for just things they say. Not like they stabbed you on the way out of church, knocked you down the steps and walked over top of you. They just said something. What? What's that all about? Yeah, I don't like that person. God I want you to bless my life. Like what I did throughout the day has no bearing on me coming before the Lord. It does. has everything to do with it, and God says so right here. So what happens here is this. How do we know, this is a good question, how do we know the love of the Father dwells in us? How would you know? Well, the Bible says, no, stop that. I said, how do you know for sure? That's what it says. How do you know? How would you know? The Bible tells us, because we love the brother. Why can't you forgive Jordan? Either one of them. Well, I really love God. God said, hold it, stop right there. I'll, I'll read you a scripture here in a minute. Listen, because I love and forgive as my father does, if I can do that, if I do that, this is the foundational ground 
This is the confidence that it gives me, the assurance that it gives me that when I go to God, I know he's going to answer my prayer. Why? There's nothing between my Lord and me. How do I know that? Because the way I treat other people, the way I forgive other people. When I do this, he has promised to accept my gift. When I don't, he said I can't. Not because of him, because of us. So, turn to 1 John chapter 40. 1 John, went by Revelation. 1 John chapter 40, past Hebrews. 1 John, after, after James, after Peter. Ready? 1 John chapter number 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 20. And 1 John chapter number 4, verse 20. If a man say, I love God. You hear this all the time, especially you soul winners. I, uh, say, I love God and hateth his brother. He's a liar. Man. Now, if that were me, you're going to preach, that's not true. God said that. It's in the Bible. God said, you say I love God and you hate your brother. Now we're going to define hate. Well, it's not that I hate him. I just wish he would die and go to hell. That's all. That's all. You know, let's just cut to this. I don't mean I have to hate him, right? You better be careful about redefining what God's trying to make obvious. So he said, if any man say I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For or because he that loveth not his brother... Whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? How can you say, I love, you've never seen him. You don't even really know him very well. And yet you're saying, oh, I love God above everything. Well, you see this person, you're around him all day, why, why don't you love them? I love God, I just can't stand my brother. You're a liar. God said, That's, that can't happen. Look at 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Look at verse number 18. Watch very carefully. I'm just, we're in church. We'll try to use some Bible, okay? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue. In other words, don't just talk about it. But in deed and in truth. So here's the truth. Now let's put some action behind it, okay? Deed, that be your works, things you do with truth. Right? Got to be truthful. If you're going to forgive somebody, you got to be truthful about it. That's what the Bible teaches, right? God didn't say, I forgive you. <laughs> Where do they end up in hell? I was just fooling. No, that's not what he does. God does it in truth. And he says the same thing. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall have our hearts and have... And, and, and shall assure our hearts before. So now I'm gone before the Lord. Where's my assurance coming from that I know he'll listen to me? Because I acted the way he told me to from my heart towards my brothers and sisters in Christ. What the devil's after is not the world you won't forgive. It's those in here that you serve the Lord with. There was a time, I don't think, it's, I don't think they still do it, when especially young women, they would cut themselves. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, they did that as to I'll inflict more hurt so I'll feel better about myself. You know, God doesn't want you to do that. You do, you do understand that, right? And so here, what he's talking about here, he's saying, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall be assured in our hearts before him. I'm coming before the Lord, and how do I know I'm not going to be punished or turned away? Because of what I did with people down here. 
When I ask for forgiveness down here, I have all the assurance in the world. God, I know you'll listen to me. How do you know that? Because I showed the love of the Father like he told me to people down here who needed it, just like his son did to people who needed it. Now I'm coming to you and God said, you got it. Forget about asking for the pink Cadillac. Forget about asking, paying your bills. Let's just start with asking for forgiveness. Not with God. With other people. That'd be a big step, wouldn't it? Then he goes on, he says this in verse number 20. For if our hearts condemn us. Now, I'm going before God, and the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, well, I'll override that. Well, you know, God, we'll handle that later, and we'll just go right on. You know what's happening here? If our hearts condemn us, you are condemning yourself because you know you're not. And there you are kneeling before God, and God is saying, you know you're not right, right? You know what you need to do, right? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. God is greater than our heart. Now, my heart is, my own conscience, my own heart is breaking because I'm angry or I'm upset or I know what I should do and I'm not going to do it. That's just my heart. God being greater than your heart, you stand condemned. What are we fussing about? We're condemned. We're not handling things right. And God said, now, you know that, right? Your own heart's condemning you. Yeah, I ought to go and try to make things right. It's your own heart. Now I'm going to go before God. And God said, you know, I'm, I'm greater than your heart, right? You know that. I know everything about you. I know why you are. I know what they did. I know why you said that. I know why you're acting that way. And I'm telling you, I can't answer your prayer, especially in the area of forgiveness, because you won't forgive them. Right. Well, they meant it. Oh, you mean like when your sins put me on the cross? That kind of meant it. Oh, you mean it was a mistake? Then why don't you just go and get forgiveness? God is trying to help us out to stay clean with him. Beloved, verse 21, beloved, if our heart condemn us not, watch, then we have confidence toward God. Everything's all right in my father's house. My father lives in here. My father doesn't live here. Ye are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have of God, and you're not your own. Therefore, Worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, okay? So here he's simply saying, you know why I can have this confidence in God? Because I obeyed and did what he would do if he were here. He would forgive people. And I said, well, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. Then forgive people. God said, if you don't, it's going to hinder your prayer. I cannot answer. It's not that your prayer doesn't need answering. I can't answer. I'll answer to the same length that you answer other people's when they need you. So what do we have here? Because our conscience are often restless and troubled about past sins and guilt and whatever. We assure our hearts before God. How do we do that? By our behavior with men. I know I can come before the Father because I did what he told me to do here on this plane. Not in word, not in tongue, but in deed. As we head to God in prayer, if we must make excuse, override, self-justify, soothe our conscience before coming to God, God greater than our hearts, we stand condemned. You see, God knows. It's only when 
in the evidence of our deeds. The evidence of our deeds. So this is not guesswork. Well, I think I'm right with God. The evidence of our deeds. God makes it so real that it's obvious. It's nothing super spiritual, if you would. Something we kind of, well, I think I am. I don't. Then why don't you go across the aisle here and make things right? Anytime you have it in for someone else, I don't care what the case is. I'm not saying they didn't hurt you. I'm not saying they didn't do what was right. I say you hope they get there. Oh, if they happen to go to not heaven, uh, I'm not sure I would even care one way or another. What? You what? And yet you're going to go to the Lord in prayer and ask him for his help, ask him for his forgiveness. And so it is, the, uh, it is only when in the evidence of our deeds and truth towards others that bear out not our feelings, not our emotions, not the things we conjure up, that our conscience are clear and free. When you go to prayer, what's the first thing that starts coming to your mind? When we preach like this and you bow your head, whose face comes to the forefront? What family is it? What preacher? What person who let you down? You just can't. Who is it? Who is it? You act like it's, like it, like it's a thorn that's stabbing you in your brain. It's God saying, that's what we have to deal with. God's actually trying to help you, but you're not taking it that way. I can't seem to get it out of my head. Take it to the Lord. Go make it right and then take it to the Lord. Leave your gift here. Quit bringing God sacrifices and praises and honor when God said, are you kidding me? Your everyday life, you hate that person that's on the job. You, you talk about that person that's in your chair. What are you doing? No, stop, stop. Yeah. That needs to be done, but not first. I don't want, because the only length I can go to is the length of, by which you treat other people. You, somehow we think if I keep forgiving, people get over on me. Oh, you mean like Jesus. A lot of people do, don't they? They think. So he's not going to forgive anymore? No, he'll forgive again and again and again. How often should I forgive my brother? Till seven times? Till 70 times seven. 400, and by the way, that's in a day. Well, that's really pushing it, isn't it? Don't even think about it. So, you understand? I will, you'll never be my friend again. You treat me that one more time. Peter, you thought you were really going, right? Seven times in a day. Not this Peter. Or maybe it is, I don't know. Jesus very calmly looked at him because Peter thought, man, that's really going some, isn't it? Somebody purposely hurt you seven times in a day? I don't think Jesus batted an eye. And he simply said, till seven times 70. That's not fair. Why would he say that? That's not fair. Why would he come up with a number like that when nobody can do that? And you have the love of the Father in you? He forgave the whole world, all of mankind from Adam to the last man that ever lived and knew full well what every one of them was going to do all of their life. You know, he said, Father, forgive them. And he also said, you need to forgive one another as your Father for Christ's sake. Can you not forgive other people because what Christ did for you? Can you not do that? For his sake? He died to forgive people. Can't you forgive people for his sake? Well, you really have a problem. And so, in 1 John 3.22, is promised 
and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing. Well, he didn't command me to. No, he just said this would be nice. I would, it would please me if you did that. We're living in a generation of Christians who want to see commands. Show me where I can't. Show me where I have to. Show me where I'm not allowed. That's what little children need. Little kids need commands. Don't touch that side. Sit down. I'm not telling you. Those are commands. As you get older, you would think we begin to respond just to please God. Let me close by saying this. We're talking about prayer and love. You actually love the Father in the same way you act towards the... Oh, think about that. I love God the way that I act towards you. Turn off the lights. We're done. That's an eye-opener. But basically, that's what he's saying. You love me or wish I would love you, not like you love other people. Then you tell people that you're living for God and the love of God dwells in you. If the love of God dwells in you, then you would forgive like God does. It's part of his character. That's what he does. Can you come before the Father without, with, with a clean conscience, without first there being any excuse made before you go to prayer? I've got to calm down. I have to go to prayer, and I'll tell you, I'm really upset about what happened today. What? Excuse me? I'm sorry. What would you just say? I'm going to set my daily life aside like it doesn't matter because I'm coming before a holy God, and I need his help. If you have to make any kind of excuse, that is an indication something's wrong. The same way you love and forgive all others is the same measure, same length, same rule, that God will forgive you. You say, boy, that hurts. shouldn't hurt at all. It should be, and I'm getting right with God. Well, I got a lot of prayers I want to get answered. I need his help. So I'm going to, look, if, if, I, if I, this is why I try to pay my debts. I don't like owing people. I really don't. I don't mind forgiving. My brother said one time, I hate forgiving. Therefore, I'm going to live as right as I can so I don't have to do it too often. I don't have to ask people to forgive me or get there for you. I'm telling you, it's a tough thing. Your flesh will fight against it. Oh, it'll fight against it. Even going before God, oh, God, everything went fine today. Liar, liar, prayer's on fire. As <laughs> soon as you kneeled down, the Holy Spirit went, time out, time out. Oh, oh, oh. You see that face in your mind right now? Things aren't right, are they? Well, you know, okay, well, God, God, oh, stop, stop. You leave that right here. We need to deal with that gift. You're bringing it for me. That's good. You go make things right. And then you come talk to me. Then you'll know what I do towards you because that's what you did towards them. And you can't do that towards them unless my love is flowing in your life. So God said, how can you say you love me and you hate your brother? Remember what he called it? Liar. God said you're lying. And in your head, you're thinking, do you know what that means? Do you know what I may have to do? You, I don't know. I don't. That's not my problem. My problem and yours is I need to do whatever God says, the way God said it. And when I do, it clears the way. Conscience is good. I can come before God. And I know, ask whatsoever you will. Why? There's nothing between us now. Everything is good. Let's pray. Father, thank you for